Hey everybody, welcome to the Fire Army Clubhouse. Today's topic, what are the entry barriers into Web3? Stay tuned. All right, a little bit of guidelines as how we would typically run our broadcasting. We'll have a nice little commercial break every 15 minutes or so. Give the host time to reset the room, grab some water, and get all those wonderful resources for you guys posted in public. Craig and I are the hosts and, of course, founding team members of Fire Army. And we implore you to find us and follow us on Twitter as well or to visit us online at firearmy.com. Hey Sam, welcome. Hey BB, we're getting the broadcast started here momentarily. What are some of the entry barriers to Web3? It's a question that's on everyone's mind as we're moving much faster than we'd ever thought we would into this emerging internet of things. <laughs> We've heard the internet of things our entire life, but now we're actually creating the things that will solely exist here on the internet, thus bringing us into Web3. We're really at Web 2.5 right now. So that's why you're early and we want to know what are some of the entry barrier problems you're having coming into this space? What are some of the entry barriers you see being an issue by coming into this space? What are some hurdles you've seen other people deal with? So those are critical questions that we're asking as we're about to participate, build by my best friend's coin. I just watched them make when we're dealing with these new issues, we want to know what are the entry barriers and how can we overcome them? So before we come into the space, we can come into the space on solid ground. So one of the first entry barriers to Web3 is everyone asks me this over the years. Hey, how much does it cost to get started? So let's just talk about that for a moment. The first thing that happens with us as consumers is we always want to know the price point. We want to know the price point. We want to know what it does. What is it for? How does it work? Those are our rights as consumers. So before I give you my money, I want to know these things because there may be an ethical divide on why I don't want to invest there or some other reason. So when we ask ourselves this about the Web3 space, and we see people buying NFTs, we see large NFT projects in excess of hundreds of millions of dollars, the first thing we ask as consumers is, okay, well, how much would it cost for me to participate or build in the Web3 space? Absolutely nothing. That's my answer. That should be your answer too. 
Never before could I say that. And I am an adult in my mid-30s. I've never been able to say that. I've never been able to say, hey, I was able to make an entire business ecosystem DAO money. And I extracted all of it from thin air. I've never been able to say that as an adult. But I can say that about Web3. Because literally whatever it is that I can conceive, whatever it is that I can conceive to dream to build, it can exist in this space. So while we're sitting at the precipice of Web 2.5 and Web 3 on the horizon, let's think about some of these entry barriers we may come across and ask ourselves truly, do we need entry barriers into Web 3? Because that would be more of an actual logical question. Craig, I'll turn it over to you momentarily. I'm also going to give you some permissions. We want to welcome Kay. He's down there listening to us in the chat as well. Thank you for stopping by. Yeah, great, great question today, Jade. I'm so happy that we we chose to talk about those entry barriers. And having a teaching background, I think that one of the, the first barrier is really just like, what what is the basic knowledge you need to join the Web3 space? And truthfully, you don't need any. But to understand what's being said, that's not true at all because there are a ton of catchwords and, and terminology that you do need to associate and learn to have those be, <clears throat> to actually understand what's being discussed. Um, I'm gonna add some topics here at the top while I'm talking, but I mean, if you don't know what a blockchain is, I mean, you're off to Google, or at least you should be. And just like anything else that you look into, these are all things that you should definitely look into and look up when you're joining something new. And I think that people think with how fast our society really runs and works now that you can skip that. But in this case, when it involves nearly everything involves money, if you're going to actually interact with things, that it is something that you, you need to do some research on before you actually do things. Now, there are definitely some free portions and ways to get into the space, and that is great. But again, you still need, there is something that you're giving up that they're giving you something for free. That is, there is always some sort of handoff of something, whether it be information um, or, or otherwise, that you are giving them in return because people don't offer things, especially businesses that make money just for free. There is always a cost. So always understanding and knowing what that cost would, would be. Uh, kind of lies directly and in, in foremost with one of the first things you should really research and understand fully, the digital wallet. Jade, any comments on that? I agree wholeheartedly. The reason of consumerism in this curve we're looking at, it's hard to see that, oh yeah, I still need to be proactive with that step. That's why we encourage everyone in the community to do your own research all the time. And it's also a fundamental reason as to why I developed my course material the way I did. How can I encourage you to get into the Web3 space for free? Using things that are free and taking the free things and turning it into more real money. If you can do that, you're a winner to me because that means you didn't spend any money to start. But what did you give? Your time. You spent your time learning. You spent your time learning, starting a profile, learning how to move the crypto, learning how to do it in a whatever it is, that's what you gave. That was the offshoot exchange, correct? Because even if I'm giving you the material to free for you to go off and learn these different things, it's still your time you're giving. 
You have to choose to want to do that though. You have to sit and say, hey, I want to learn this because this is going to give me something much larger than that two hours of time. This same two hours of time, I might just watch a couple episodes of SVU. What's better? SVU, learning how to use a new emerging ecosystem because I can't escape that. I'm a consumer. Those are the things that I just want to provoke people to think about and to make these decisions on their own because I don't want you to be left behind. The biggest issue for me is you guys, for those of you who know me, I am a big engager of poverty. My job in America is to help alleviate poverty. That's me. That's what I do. That's what I care about. I'm passionate about that. If I can figure out how to help alleviate poverty here, then maybe I can help figure out how to alleviate poverty in other countries. That is who I am as a person. So when I'm thinking about how to help you alleviate your own stress and poverty in your life, the same way I had to go and figure out how to do it in mine, I need to make sure you can understand the steps though, because it doesn't do me any good to give you all this material when you don't know how to dissect it and apply it. Everyone does not do that. They do not talk to you the way that I or anybody else in this place will talk to you. They, they, they won't do that because their main priority is to save face, represent that brand, and to get your money. My main goal is to make sure we're all okay. We're all have an even playing field. I'm sorry. It's just a boring race when you're the only one at the start and finish line. I'd rather you guys be running with me. I'd rather you throw me the baton and I catch it and I pass it to someone else. That's the greatest thing I could ask for. But I'll take whatever I can as long as I am with my kin, my friend, my loved ones while I'm doing it. Because what's the point of being at the top when you're alone? So these are the things I want you guys to think about when you're building, when you're creating, when you're trying to figure out how to defy what every invisible entry barrier you thought was here in Web3. Because once you get past that invisible gate that never was, you're going to see all the things that are. And with that, I yield the floor. BB, Judius, love if you guys give a comment. Hey, come up and speak or send us a chat and we'll read it out loud. Thank you guys for being here. Let's sort up the floor and have a great conversation. Hello. <laughs> I think this both uh, we, we came in the same time uh yeah i agree with everything what you said and and craig and uh it, i i have not so much to say i'm uh, i'm learning i mean i'm in nfts like uh, almost a year but i still feel like uh, you know i still feel like i know almost nothing i cannot uh, I don't feel like I can uh, I can teach people, you know. Yeah, I only the only thing I can tell is uh, it is my experience, and I, you know, it's okay because in the beginning I I didn't know nothing about crypto. It was literally uh, everything was uh, new for me, you know. I now I I learned that, and you know I learned how to how to you know transfer and everything you know how to buy how to uh, you know everything but about nfts i think we are still uh, in that point when you know we we still don't understand everything me i'm artist but uh, i don't know i think my art is good but still nft is not about art it's different you know uh, I don't know how to explain this, but it's no, not you're about good, baby. 
<laughs> you understand. Yeah, I do. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's complicated. It's. Uh, I think we still need to to. Uh, there is still time to to get to that point when we are gonna understand what is happening. I think I'm done. Thanks, BB. Yeah, exactly. And the biggest thing, Dred, I'll throw it over to you next, is that just realizing that your stories is you, and you sharing those stories is helpful, because those that experience that you can share is possibly just some learning even even if it's just easy like basic stuff to you well they still haven't done it so it's not necessarily easy for them yet until they go through that process too but you saying that you've gone through that kind of lets them know hey it's okay to, to step out into that web3 and, and get your first wallet and set it up and figure out how to go on solana things like that so it's super important and just a heads up reminder, we do take about a minute break every 15 or so to grab some water, make sure you stay hydrated, get up, stretch, and things like that. So just keep that in mind as we roll closer to that quarter after. Dread over to you, sir. And then Fuzzy, if you got anything. I think the, the shadow. Not bad. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was trying to get back to the screen. Um, when you talk about entry barriers, well, the one thing that's been concern, a concern of mine is the rapid development of Web3. Everyone needs help getting onboarded in the process, the in Web3 as it is, but it's being developed at a rate that's so out outstanding that it's hard for everyone to keep up with the basic things before something else is being brought out that has been on my mind the last couple of weeks keeping up with tech and onboarding individuals so they don't get lost in a process because the natural the first thing everyone brings to me well hey this came out how does this relate to this and I'm telling you, well, focus on the basics. Don't don't worry about that. But it's hard for them not to worry about it when you got a huge news article on on it on Google telling you to focus on something else. Yeah, one hundred percent. And it, it's so true. There's always also new technology on the technology that's forked and then hard forked over you know all those sorts of fun terminologies when it's really just building off of one blockchain right fuzzy any entry barriers that you think make it hard for people to join in on what we're doing i know you do similar things in similar spaces sorry sir go ahead hey all good all good i've only been here for the last four minutes so um but i think i get the gist of uh the conversation you may have already mentioned some things so i apologize if uh I'm just saying something that someone already said before I came into the room. Um, I agree with the point just made. Uh, how do I say this? G, Dredius. I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, pretty yeah. good, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, yeah, I think you know, you made the point about the technology changing so rapidly and and all that kind of stuff. And um, and I was thinking the same sort of similar thoughts to what you were saying. Like, you've just got to stick to the 
stick to the basic and fundamentals. I, I very much are focusing on like a particular lane. I, I realized quite early on that I can't know everything. <laughs> and when you first get into this, it's like, oh, I've got to watch all this stuff and this thing's happening. And like you just mentioned about like this story comes out and et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, but, um, but going back to the question, I think just the language and the terminologies, I think that is the immediate barrier because everyone has to learn a whole new language to understand what you're talking about and to understand the concepts. So yeah, try and break that down and not use jargon as much as possible, but it's very hard because a lot of times there are no other words. So you have to try and learn metaphors and then that's still something I have to learn, like how to explain things in a, an easier to digest way. But yeah, that would, that would be my share. Thank you. I would agree. Keeping it simplified, making sure that the average person can consume it in little snackable bites is the best way that we can scale ourselves and each other together into this space. Because what is emerging is not so much new, but the presence of us and it is new. We know zeros and ones have been around for a while, but how we're applying it this time is what is really, really making the difference. When you're able to pay someone halfway across the world in a country with, you know, not good signal, not good economy, but as long as they have a phone and they can download an app and receive seller lumens, receive Litecoin, receive any, they're fine. They can convert it to their local currency and go about their day and their way. We know that this exists. There are thousands and millions of people right now impoverished that do not know that it is possible. They don't know that reparations can come very quickly from their their cousins in America trying to send those those remittances. I'm sorry, not reparations, remittances. You, your remittances take hours to move. You don't have to do that anymore with where we're at in crypto. I see that solving a humanitarian problem because there's millions of people around the world that leave their country and they send remittances home and it takes time. It makes problems. You even have other people like I've known and have seen and have watched actively build barrels of food to mail home to their family. And in those barrels, they hide money because the fee costs way too much at Western Union to send it. That's egregious. That someone here wants to take care of their family and they have an entry barrier, a gate, a barrier to do that when it comes to the financial scope. And crypto takes it away. Web3 takes it away. Us having the power as the consumers in Web3 takes it away. It's out of the hands of the big tech and it's put into our hands to create and devise and to use. So this is why it's important to decide if there are entry barriers to Web3 right now, then the surest thing to make sure what we're building now is solidified and is accessible is to make sure we're not creating new entry barriers for the next wave of people to join. Now, we are at 1120. Time for us to take a little music break. I'm going to grab some water. And we thank you guys for coming to support. Make sure you follow us. Share the love.
As we're moving into our next topic, here in Clubhouse, remember we're talking about all things great in Web3, right? <laughs> so the next topic I wanted to definitely bring up when it comes to entry barrier is what is the average cost if there is a cost associated? For example, what's the average cost of an NFT? Does anyone know? Do we have a price point now that we can say, hey, when you launch that NFT, it should start at 0. 0.0000. Do we know this? Are we sharing that information? So before we get on that, I want to talk to you about this news article about crypto and drive walks NFTs. Now, we all know that the latest merge, right, is going to bring some new things on the horizon. Now, when I heard about crypto and dry bulk EFTs, I just was like, wait, where are we doing with the cryptos and the EFTs, the ETFs? The ETFs are, are over there and we're over here. So what are we doing with that? Why are we meeting? I just wanted to know. Then I read and I remembered, oh, right, this already existed and I literally forgot about it. So let's talk about it a little bit. So Catherine Griffel at the Bloomberg.com is talking about the historical race from the Federal Reserve has put on a lot of people because A, we have new policies coming in place and we've seen Bitcoin bottom, right? So the three worst performances this year are with those ETFs and they belong to crypto funds in excess of 6 million. Bitcoin miners, ETFs, RIGS, we all know RIGS, R-I-G-Z, is claiming the top spot, but they still took a 69% nosedive. So we've seen this crypto crash hit us in many ways, but there's a unique trail being linked from the crypto to the ETFs. And I think it's a great topic because we have all been wondering what else has been a motivating factor in the crypto crashes when they do happen. There has to be a large volume in him somewhere for it to trigger such a crash. So the data being reported this year is saying that it's definitely going to be a lot more pain ahead, similar to things that we saw in 1984. But the federal chair request to quell some of the asset class issues, especially with crypto, has left us in a Bitcoin loss of 57% until they decide what they are going to do with our policies. So it's not a crash, but it's not necessarily crushed, but it's going down and they need to figure out how and why, because whatever it is, it's tied to actual dollars and it is affecting way too much of the market at one time. For example, the assets alone, just, <laughs> my goodness, the assets alone just from BDRY's total volume, it looks like was in excess of over 74 million. That's a lot. That's a lot in the market that's just got established. So when we look at things like that, and again, I'll make sure to drop the link for you guys in public and to put it in the article on Medium. When we look at those things, we need to be thinking about why we're seeing what we're seeing. Why are ETFs being involved to such a mass level with dry bulk NFTs? Because people have been printing equity. That's why. And I've been trying to warn people about this way before it happened, because if you guys don't put a standard in place, then these people are going to come into our space and tell us how to use these products, these things that we're creating. 
So you had a lot of people who are hedge fund managers, banks. They have tied the equity up in the NFTs. Certain NFTs, when they tied that equity up, were tied to certain chains that had struggles like Luna, like Solana, like Cardano. When you have things tied up that way without having it properly situated for the debt ratio, the ownership, the amount of the increase, the taxes, the decreasing, the different value sets that make your crypto. When you have not fine-tuned all of that 100% down and you have wrapped up some of this money into an NFT with an equity base that isn't fixed, it's making a bubble, but it's depreciating at the same time. You've just brought the same problem over there, over here. And what's worse, now we have people that don't want to trust the utility purpose of NFTs. So I invite you to check that story out at Bloomberg.com. And we're going to turn it over to Craig and the floor. Awesome, Jade. Yeah, and the biggest thing with ETFs, and in case you're not up on the the trading uh, terminology exchange traded funds is an etf and uh, a lot of different firms have been trying to get an etf listed that's based or backed by bitcoin and ethereum for some time but the sec keeps shooting them down for this specific reason and essentially they they don't think that people are smart enough to not invest money um and in, in very you know volatile situations without knowing oh well that could be a bad thing. And so people put like rent money or other money that they don't have. It's not discretionary funds, not money you should spend on things that are not um, safe, essentially. And like Jade mentioned, this is it, this is exactly why um, uh, President Biden just dropped the legislation, well, not legislation, but the, the framework for those regulations and how he thinks that we should be moving forward a lot of that information is actually talking about the average american and how they they do or don't save money and how they actively potentially make bad decisions on a daily basis if that's on the government or the person who knows that's not what we're talking about here but that is definitely a, a barrier to entry like understanding Yes, there is always a chance to lose money in a situation like Web3. So did that did that stop you from joining Web3? Did it did it not matter to you? Was that something that you looked into? What do you all think? As a consumer, I saw that and I said, sounds like someone didn't do their research. That's what happened to me when I looked at the situation. That was just me being honest to myself because it sounds like if I was a banker, I'm just, mm, let me paint the visual for you guys. Hi, I'm a happy banker. I have someone telling me about a new product. I haven't had this call since 1987 about a new product where I can take my futures and wrap them all up in a nice package and at least get back ratios at 5,001 over for one to three years. I haven't seen that in hmm, 30 years. And you have it and it works and you can show me it works. Staking, you say. Perfect. Well, take 200,000 shares of this and wrap it up and do whatever weird magic you do over there and send me proof that it's done. Okay. It didn't take much. The language is familiar. The application and execution is different.
Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. And, and that's just one of the things that they're really closely looking at because anybody can take participate in it. But the difference is being able to look out for those risk factors, um, knowing with what sort of terminology that is okay to be with and then other terminology that isn't okay to be with. Essentially right now it operates almost as if it's like a gambling casino, the web three gambling casino is what they're trying to portray it as. And if we're not able to make those decisions well enough and only lose money to potentially people that are nefarious individuals or not honest people, um, then they feel that they have to help us not make those wrong decisions or accidentally lose a bunch of money. And while that is appre while that is appreciated, it's it's not something that it's necessarily their job per se. But everybody has a different view on that. Um, did anyone else have any other worries when they joined the Web3 space? I wouldn't say worries. Um... It was something new. It's a learning curve. But with every learning curve, you're going to experience some sort, sort of hardship temporarily before you master everything. I mean, it's a part of life. I really don't think the government should get in, involved in everything just because we have to learn something. That's my take on it. This is why I spend time encouraging creators to make snackable content. Make content. Please make content. Make all the content you can. The more content you have to explain how to use your thing or what it's built on or how the thing it's built on works, the more I'm able to understand. So if you know I support you no matter what, and I'm just one of those people that follow you around the earth blind faith, at least give me some information to learn when I get on the other side. Put it on your website. Put it on YouTube. You can monetize that content. You're making money off of making money. That's possible. They do it all the time. Big Corp does it all the time. Why can't you? Why shouldn't you? If you don't have more than one income, you are already behind in life. You have to have multiple streams of income to retire early. Those are facts. That has never changed. The reason that's never going to change is because as long as the green bill exists and inflation exists, we will always have to deal with that problem and it's going to continue generationally. So why bring the same problems here? Why make new entry barriers here? One of the things I learned from a project a few months back was about a membership fee. There are a few projects amongst the Web3 community that charges membership fees. And I wanted to know more why they did that. So I went and I approached the team. I said, hey, I'm really curious about why you guys charge this. Can you just give me all the info you can to make that make sense for me? Because I'm existing in a space where it's free to run, right? Like I can start up operations for free 99 if I want it and get my business up and running. Cost my time. May cost a little electricity, but it is free for me to start my business. So tell me why I would come to your community and pay you a $100 membership. Because the information they had in that community was valuable. It was worth $100. It was worth $100 one time. Their value in the community was to be 
the value. They have the resources and the connections and the network that you didn't even know existed. You didn't even know you were going to need or would need. But they had it flawlessly. There isn't anything for you to do additionally. Once you're in their system and you pay that membership fee and they have you in there, they do whatever it is that you need to do to make you successful. You say, hey, I need a couple of devs. They send you the info. Not only did they send you the info, they'll send you a scheduled meeting with one of the developers from that team. This is how they have built up their value in the marketplace. They are the connectors. So we can't say it's unconceivable. It's, it's something beyond conception. It, it's way in conception. It's how are you applying it? That's all. That's the only thing that's ever changed. Welcome, Nathan, up to the platform. Nathan, if you would like to speak. Today's topic is just talking about the entry barriers of Web3. Feel free. And I'm more than happy to turn the floor over. Um, we were just right now when you came in talking about how you should try your best to not make new entry barriers into Web3 while you are building your product. And if you are one of the people that use membership fees, how do you apply that to your business? And how does that help us out in Web3 by deterring crime? So if you would like to give any feedback on that, I will yield the floor to you. No, I'm just saying hi, everyone. How are you all doing? Thank you for uh, the breakdown of where you're at. I just jumped in and was like, oh, topic. Thank you. Go. Sorry. I like to just quickly no jump. <laughs> Welcome, Fuzzy. Hi, hi. Yeah, uh, just circling back because you asked a question earlier uh, about initial worries when entering the space. So between myself learning about DeFi and crypto on a six-week course in December 2020, it was about four months until the spring of 2021 when I actually finally used a wallet and bought something. So what, what was the barrier there? Well, the barrier there was the wallet the wallet management, like being able to like feel confident, oh, I can keep the wallet safe and store it safely. So that was uh, that was one thing for me at the beginning. Just wanted to add that. So, what product solidified that for you, or did they give you certain information that made you say, hmm, maybe I can trust this product and use it as my code or hall wallet? Uh, no, not particularly. I mean, I just began. What well, was the first exchange I used? It was Crypto.com. So I was using the app, which obviously is custodial. Then moved over to Kraken. Um, and I had had MetaMask, but all the research that I found didn't really tell you enough about how to really keep MetaMask that safe. So did have a bit of a situation on that and then just uh, jumped ship from MetaMask and went to Trust Wallet. So yeah, there isn't anything particularly in terms of that question that I could say gave me confidence in any particular product. Yeah, but it definitely sounds like you went on the journey of this self-discovery though. You started with one platform and it took you on over to a place or a product or a platform where you were comfortable. Because yeah, things like yeah. I look at those platforms like entry drugs, like like <laughs> they're like entry gateways. They are because People get on crypto.com, they get on Coinbase, and they're like, hmm, I like this. I'm enjoying this. Hmm, I want to learn more. I want to do this. And then people do the learn and earns. They learn, and they're, they're, they're in. 
Now they want to go and see what else is there and how it applies and if they can make something differently apply. And it's just, we all go on the curve once we decide to teach ourselves about this. And that's the big, big, big thing. Underlying tone. If you guys can't hear it from me, I'm going to yell it from the rooftops. If you're a creator, make sure you're making content for me to consume so that I can learn what you're trying to sell me or teach me in full. If you're a consumer, read, do your own research. You doing your own research should be enough motivation for you to say, okay, I know where I want to be involved with this. It's all about getting those discernments out early so that you're not kicking yourself in the butt later because all it took sometimes for a lot of these people who dealt with a lot of these rugs and everything else was reading, research. Research is endless. You have a lot of information available. Do your due diligence before you spend a dime. And I'm not saying don't support people. I'm not saying that. I'm saying before you invest your time, which is a big investment, some cases bigger than that money in your pocket. Before you invest your time or your money, make sure to do the proper research so you are investing wholeheartedly without question. Because if you don't feel that you are, you have to question things, that means you probably shouldn't be doing it. Definitely, definitely great points. And uh, MetaMask is and can be daunting. And I was curious when you did you originally know of Trust Wallet or you just knew that was an option and just switched to that one as time passed, Fuzzy? I remember time and space moves so quickly. Um, well, I mean, at the time, spring, I think I'd heard about Trust Wallet because Binance bought it. But like uh, I, the way I do my research, I, I look as many YouTube videos as I possibly can. I'm more of a visual and audio learner and then maybe read some stuff but i do that more so i kind of cross reference i see what a load of creators are saying and if enough people are saying good enough stuff then i'll look into it more myself but um yeah i think that was just one of those ones where it was like a popular wallet that came up no that makes perfect sense i i would be um did get taken advantage of because i didn't do my research and really it was one of the those learning experiences that really taught me hey i i really should figure everything out figure out where it went wrong and then help people not make the same mistake i did that's really one of the main motivations for me wanting to turn towards crypto and nft education and helping to to get information and, and knowledge out there because this is where it, it will end up in some format or another I know that we've kicked around the the whole notion of Web3, not exactly like this, but it will get there soon. Absolutely. As long as we keep building, dreaming, and conceiving, making sure we're doing it with the code of ethics in mind. We're taking us a quick 60-second break, grabbing some water, and coming back to you with one of those Web3 news topics. Stay tuned.
What's crazy is when the thieves get caught. So on our crypto news topic, we're of course talking about criminals. One of my favorite topics to cover on Medium. Make sure you follow me on the Medium at Fire on Me. The reason I talk about criminals so much in this space is because I literally spend every waking moment trying to deter them. That's why. Not just in real life, but especially in Web3. There were so many rugs last year and so many people held unaccountable that new laws have been made. That's our reality. Before we could even get the thing built, the criminals were threatening to tear it out. So what is it that we can do? What's that places should we have out there? These are things we should be thinking about as a Web3 community. And with the latest case in our historical history of Web3, the founder of Luna might be on the run. So Luna and his sister Token, as you all may know, collapsed back in May, UST. But he founded one of the largest projects ever to exist. And Do Kwan, the co-founder of Terraform Labs, was one of the princes of the crypto industry. But he is, of course, fallen out of favor. So last May, Luna and UST lost all of their value in a matter of days. $55 billion, with a B. Billion. See, it's extra dangerous when I hear the word million, but it's super dangerous when I hear the B in front of it because it sounds like a bullet. So yeah, billion. 55 billion. And many retail investors lost their savings. So while we were all waiting for a support group to come in and we were waiting for their support and we were told that support was coming, it never came. A lot of crypto lenders and brokers also gave money to this group. One of them being the Celsius Network and Voyager Digital. They filed for Chapter 11 behind this as they were exposed to being part of the hedge fund. Three Arrows Capital is a part of that exposure for the hedge fund, but they heavily invested into Luna and was forced to liquidate. So within days, we're at zero dollars. This was also at the time when South Korea was loosening its restrictions, trying to encourage citizens in their country to invest. Guess what a lot of them bought that day? UST. A lot of people joined the Web3 market on the day of one of the worst days in history and bought UST. A lot of Korean hedge funds also bought UST because they came in, they saw that this coin is normally a dollar, they know what the word stable coin means, they didn't know what was going on in full, they asked, they saw their support and that normally comes in when coins go below a certain level, don't panic, okay, so that means if I buy them all right now, when it's 10 cents, I'm going to make my money back, right? Never happened. A few days, CO issued a warrant <laughs> for him because this is one of the largest failures in modern history because we didn't put enough safeguards in place because we didn't dive into the language enough we didn't motivate enough people we're responsible for this as a whole not just him but as they went to go look and arrest Doquan, he was already out of the country he had already left South Korea and this was on September 17th just a few days ago 
As of a few days ago, this man is a wanted criminal and now on the run has had a warrant issued for his arrest and is to be arraigned. They're in the process of involving multiple jurisdictions because their integrity has been compromised as a nation and ours has been compromised as a community. But despite the accusations, he's saying on Twitter, I'm not on the run, guys. I haven't gone running in a while. Need to cut some calories. <laughs> Those quips that cost $55 million, I would just keep adding interest every time he tweets. The prosecutors do disagree with him. They're letting him know, hey, you're evading investigation right now. And in our country, that's illegal. He knows. He knows exactly what he's doing. He knows that he cannot answer for this. He knows he cannot answer for the crimes that he committed because he really never thought about putting stop places and stop gaps. He didn't think about putting stop gaps in place. He didn't think about putting certain measures in place. A lot of people didn't think about putting a lot of measures in place when they made the products they were making. So let's look at how that turned out for them. It did not age well. Therefore, I'm encouraging you to look at both the criminal side, look at the legality side, look at the failures that we have right now, put them all together and make you a baseline example of what not to do. Once you have that, then you at least have your own self-guide for what you're building and what it is that you want to accomplish and what it is you're going to do. So this way, you're not compromised emotionally, mentally. You're not compromised in all the areas that these criminals have no problem being compromised in. They laughed about your 55 million being gone. You know why? Because they're sitting on a private island. They're not worried about you. They're not worried about your electricity being cut off. They're not worried about who you are. They're worried about the fact that they are known for pulling the greatest heist in history. They're worried about the fact that they are known for making the greatest product in history. Oh yeah, I failed, but I still made the greatest thing. They're worried about their ego. They're worried about their pockets. They are not worried about you. Don't be them. Don't believe their standards. Don't believe their hype. Don't believe their homework. Think. Slow down. Really think. Once you do that, you will be able to at least have a good moral compass on what it is you are cultivating. And I encourage you, with anything that you do, if you are making something, try to make something for a purpose larger than you. There's a thousand problems on the planet. Pick one. There's a thousand people right now around you that need help. Choose one. Solder yourself to it. See where it takes you. A lot of times we're so fixated on having control that we forget to just go along and enjoy the ride. So while you're stepping into this new car that's going to take you down the road and around this curve of Web3, make sure you have on your seatbelt. Turn the tunes up, though, and enjoy the ride. Craig? Man, it's tough to follow you. I need to let you, or get you, to let me go first some of these times. No, but spot on. Um, just, just speaking to one of those barriers, I mean, this is one of the most talked about things 
in the past six to seven months and we're in the middle of a down a bear market there's a ton of things going on around the world there's obviously large conflicts all over the world in europe especially right now and that one of the mainstays in the public eye is the amount of money that was lost because of was that the the government came around with the regulations and, and things that they came up with. So it, has this influenced any, any of your trust in the cryptocurrency or made you think more than once when, oh, maybe I am interested in, yeah, no, I'll, I'll just go into this project or I'll look into this NFT or, yeah, this, this new crypto sounds really cool. Have, has it really stopped you from doing those sort of things or you're just acting business as usual? What do you think? Nathan Druid, baby, we would love some feedback. Hey, um, yeah, I'll come in and say something on that. Uh, when I first got into crypto, um, cryptocurrency and Coinbase, it was through a friend of mine um, and we just connected and then I'm like chilling at his house and he's like, messing about on his phone and he's got this uh, thing up on his screen and he's watching like stocks and stuff. And I'm like, what are you into that for? Ain't, ain't that gambling? I said, I'm like, I don't touch any of that. Where there's a risk of money to be lost, that ain't my game, yeah? And he's like, nah, nah, it's like cryptocurrency, like it's the future and um, okay, go on then. Break it down for me then. Explain what it's about. I'll listen. But as I say, I ain't no gambler. So he's explained it and what he's bought. Like he bought into Bitcoin because he was one of those that heard there's money to be made in Bitcoin. Uh, so he's buying that and then he's bought some of this and uh, then he's showing me how like the um there's like a website where you can see the breakdown in the national debt of each country and that, that how that affects like crypto and i'm like yo dude man you've gone deep on this and he's like yeah yeah and i'm thinking about getting this next app where you like put your money in and like it, it buys the cryptocurrency for you each week and all this and but he says that this is like complicated stuff so i got to do some reading then um boom he's he's gone and put like two and a half thousand pound into bitcoin because there was some movement and i went up like the next week because he was happy on the monday when he told me this he was like yo nathan man if you've got money put some money in now i, I recommend if you've got 500 pounds put it in just put it in nathan i'm i'm still doing research on this yeah and then the next Saturday when I went there and he's just like, Nathan, man, Nathan, I am down, like down, down. And I'm like, yo, see, Steve, that's what I was thinking. It ain't all about winning, dude. So going to do some research, as you guys say. And I did a research, research, and I did get into it in the end. I did. Uh, buy some and I was just making like a little investment and I'd take that investment out and still have me money in there um eventually I just like I was just spent I spent the money because 
then I got onto like dark web and making purchasing and stuff like that and then all my crypto was gone um but now I've come back and it's like it's changed now there's all these wallets and stuff uh and it's it's like the 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 way it's gone with that last year i am like see it can just overnight somebody can pull out and they don't care about you they don't care about me they just care about themselves and all this like you know with what's going on around the world as well there's a lot of things in motion which all affect this um and like the way the government in the u.s put i think they put some tax on it or something which is limiting like a lot of people that aren't too happy with something with uh, doing any trading or putting anything up now. Is that right? Yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. yeah. So, see, this is like, yeah, uh, these, these are things where I'm just like keeping my finger on the pulse, um, get educated and don't make mistakes. Like I've seen so many who have made mistakes you know, I'll, I'll keep my little bit, what I uh, get within our community, but I'm not going deep like some people do, not at the moment, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, uh, that, that's my little input. I think it's a great sentiment to remind us all about when you start these things, you do your research because he just got a simple, hmm, looks good. I don't know what it is. <laughs> like, when you get there and you have that moment of, aha, and you decide to go down that path, hey, kudos. You've done something that less than 1% of the world's population has decided to do. Less than one than 1%. That's a small number. And it's also a number to be coveted. Because it means anyone who's in this space that early knows the most. You are the most knowledgeable. And people who are the most knowledgeable bring the most value. So I leave you with this thought. We really are at Web 2.5. So don't panic. Because you haven't missed it. In fact, you are so early. We showed up one step behind the thought of it. We're almost like an echo. Satoshi revolutionized the world with code. We're showing the world how to properly apply it. We are here as those leaders in this space. That right now, is still yet to be. So while we are building, let's agree on what we are building on. And yes, code of ethics is still needed. We had them when we first got on Internet 1.1. We need them in 3.0. Let's show the world what an honor and ethics system is really made up in. Serving issues larger than ourselves and looking out for our future cousins that we'll never meet. <laughs> because what we're building right now is not possibly for us. It's for the future. But you also have to remember, you are what you eat. And we are what dreams are made of. With that, I challenge you with this. As you start off your week with us, and thank you so much for starting your week off with me and Craig and the Fire Army here. I thank everyone who has spoke, who has listened. Hey, you're wonderful. I've seen every emoji you've dropped. 
thank you for listening and supporting today, guys. But I challenge you with this. As you go out throughout the week, tap someone next to you and ask them, hey, are you interested in Web3? And if they say yeah, just have a dialogue. See where they are in their journey. See where you are in your journey. Maybe you guys can have the journey together. You never know where it goes once you open the doors into a Web3 space without barriers. And with that, I yield the floor. Before we close down, if you guys would like to give any closing remarks, questions, please go ahead. Now's the time. Yeah. Uh, hello again. Go ahead, Nathan. I can uh, just, yeah, just to uh, yeah uh, finish off. Like I am, like I'm here to learn uh, for myself. And if I can um, save somebody a journey and be on point of, of where it's at in the future and be able to educate people and uh, yeah, be in a good position to be able to speak about what's happening and to save them any mm-hmm. losses. Yeah, so without you guys, um, I can't save other people and I can't educate myself. So, yeah, thank We're you. We're all in it together, Nathan. <laughs> but that's amazing. Just hearing that enough is giving me confidence of, hey, it's working. To hear that, hey, I, I can be that guy at some point in the future. I get to answer those questions soon. Yeah, you're that guy now. It's it, Look how quick it happened. <laughs> Craig? Just real quick, I wanted to thank everyone, Booby, Drid, Nathan, Kay, for hanging out with us today at the Fire Army uh, MREs. And we have our next one already up there pinned at the top. If you would hit, click the bell on that to remind yourselves to, to hop in and just listen or feel free to engage like we did today. We'd really appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us. Go ahead, Jade. Thank you. Thank you. And I leave you with this thought. If anyone ever asks you, what is Web3? Give them Jade's answer. Web3, hmm, you know how you go to the bank and you make a transaction and they tell you that transaction is going to take three to five days to clear? Yeah. And you know how when that transaction moves around, they get a little bit of interest on that money and the bank gets a little bit of interest and you have to pay a transaction fee? Well, yeah, I've been doing it my whole life. Well, in this scenario, Web3 is essentially you're the bank now. You now are the bank and you can initiate the transaction and see the transaction and trace the transaction and decide how much that transaction costs. It could be as little as a fraction of 1,000 of a penny. That's Web3. But you are the human power behind it. Ashe. Thank you guys for joining Fire Army. I'll see you next time.